Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Osmanzada, in for Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope your uh, bird is getting warm. Hope you have somewhere to go, whether it's friends or Thanksgiving, whatever it is. It's like a, just a great day from camaraderie, right? And, and, and you know, a good day to, to, to be around people that Many of us haven't been a, had a chance to be around. As annoying as family can be, when you can't be around family because of COVID for a long period of time, it, they're a little less annoying today. So hope hope you're ready for a great day and a great day of football. TJ, um, you know what's inevitably going to follow the first game or during the first game? Why are the Lions on on Thanksgiving? Because that's the way we that's how we roll. Uh, but really, a disappointing slate of games. Like it, and, and no fault of the NFL, right? If the John Gruden thing or the or the terrible car accident doesn't happen, this Raiders game looks a lot different. And the Saints, of course, have just been besieged by injuries. I don't know anybody who's playing. They, they have very few uh, of their stars playing today uh, against the Bills. And then, of course, the Bears have, have swooned here and the Lions are just bad in rebuild mode. Like, we don't have a stellar set of games today. We don't have the marquee teams and aside from the Cowboys that are having a good season right now, the, the Bills, are, we just don't, we don't have the head-to-head matchup where you're like, who's going to win? I can't wait I mean, for that game, right? Right. But I, I'll be honest, I I love football. And so at 930, I will be in front of the TV watching the game because I am a fan of football. But I will say, I just want competitive games. Yep. You, you, Detroit, they – they're awful, but they're they're they seem to be competitive in They'll every fight. game. They just oh, lose. They're gonna play to the end. They're gonna give you everything they have. They just they're just going to lose the game at the end. But I mean, they got their backup quarterback. Like it's bad, dude. Now nah, they said Jared Goff is gonna play. Oh, he's gonna play with the oblique. Jared, Jared Goff is playing, and so we're gonna get Andy Dalton a backup, who was a longtime starter for, for the Bears. Give me a competitive game. The Dallas. Las Vegas Raiders game seems to be the most competitive one. The Raiders have kind of just fallen off, but they've had a lot of turmoil in that locker room and in that team. And so it didn't happen right away. It it was kind of a little after to like, oh, we we should be playing bad. Now I guess we'll play bad. I mean, because they had a promising start to the season. And with Gruden, being fired and the incident with rugs, they, they, it's tough to recover and sustain a season when you have so much going on. You're, you're meeting about things that act like that instead of football. When Groom got fired, guarantee each position coach met with their players about it. Then with the rugs situation, head coach met with the team about it. Your position coach met with you about it. And, and so you're taking time away from football to talk about these things and oh it doesn't matter it does matter and and then you go to the bills and the saints the bills need this win bad i mean the the colts embarrassed them and and if i'm the saints i'm saying oh jonathan taylor ran for 200 plus yards we should be able to get at least 150 out of this 
And so that should be somewhat of a competitive game. It, we just don't have the marquee names and, and the marquee matchups uh, that we would like. I'm telling you right now, I think the Colts, the Colts and the Niners are the two most underrated teams in the league. Right? Remember, the Colts lost their first three out of the gate, but you had new quarterback, and they, they just didn't look good. But, I mean, they, they're, they're beating the Ravens down the first half. Obviously, Lamar Jackson was incredible after that. They lost to the Titans by three, but like this is a team that, you know, they can run it. And honestly, Carson Wentz is back to playing good, kind of conservative football. Like Carson Wentz, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's it's really good. Really, really, good. really, really good. Jonathan Taylor, 1,100 yards, and he can catch it out of the backfield some too. And then your boy, Michael Pittman, he's got 57 catches. By the way, I'm, I, I don't know if I share this, but, you know, your, your wide receiver workouts uh, during when everything was shut down, like my my Hayes, my son is like, hey dad, can you ask TJ when I can when I can go work out with Michael Pittman and all those guys? He's like, hey dude, you know they're playing on Sundays right now. They're not working out with TJ in L.A. Man, that that, that COVID really it gave us a chance to just work, work. I I was with Pittman and Claypool. I mean, Doug, we when COVID hit, it's it's crazy to. We didn't stop. We went five days a week, Monday through Friday, every single day. And it was certain times we go to this park, sheriff rose up. You guys got to put a mask on. We didn't have masks. <laughs> he gave us masks, continued the workout. I mean, we went six months, Monday through Friday, every day, didn't miss a day. And now he's starting to see the fruits of his labors, labor, so to speak. But speaking of the Colts, man, Frank Wright is a fantastic head coach. He doesn't get mentioned enough. The Colts are a really good team, and he deserves to be given credit because the way they started 0-3 to rebound and play the way that they're playing, you got to give him credit for not letting that locker room feel sorry for herself. Oh, we're going to have a bad season. He kept them locked in. And look at them now. Stan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, what about the Nagy thing? I talked to people in the Bears organization. I talked to one guy specifically who's pretty high ranking. He was like, none of that's been talked about. It's like a patch.com report. Patch.com, for people who don't know, is it's a website. It's basically like a little local website where uh, it aggregates any kind of local story. But somehow, I, I didn't even know... like. I, I didn't know that they had did their own reporting, but you know, someone heard from someone else that he's going to get let go. How do you think they react how, with the Bears? How do you think they react to that news? I mean, honestly, Doug, let's be honest. Matt Nagy's getting fired when the season's over, anyway. Yeah. He will. He whether, won't be fired yet. <laughs> whether, <laughs> he's not fired yet. Whether he's fired Friday, which is tomorrow, Monday. Or in gen, like Matt Nagy will be relieved as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. It's just when, when is he going to be fired? And so, did they jump the gun? Maybe, and the Bears are going to make it look like they jumped the gun by not firing him during the season. But Matt Nagy is as good as gone. They haven't been able to consistently field a good football team. And you get a rookie quarterback, and, and I, that could be a saving grace if 
they looked like they had a plan. They Justin Fields' first game out, it was like, okay, what are they doing with the guy? Do they even know what they want to do? Do they even know how they should be playing? And then they started to, oh, okay, mate, you should have had that right out the gate. Immediately, okay, this is what we want for Justin Fields. This is what we're going to do. Put him in so many advantageous situations, things that he does well. They weren't doing that. It wasn't to the public outcry that it seemed like, okay, let's start doing this now for Justin because this really fits him. Yeah, Matt Nagy's gone. Let, let me. I, I would agree with you, but let me let me take the opposite side. Let me defend Matt Nagy for a second, right? So, um, his, I'm I'm sure the sale to why he's he was the right guy for Justin Fields was he was in Kansas City the year that Mahomes redshirted, right? Now Mahomes and and, um. You know, Mahomes and Justin Fields are two completely different quarterbacks, right, in terms of style and how they played in college. Because Mahomes, though he's athletic, like he threw for a million yards when he's at Tech. And, and Fields did too, but Fields is a guy who is much more of a runner than, than Mahomes was. But, again, to defend Matt Nagy, I would guess would be, look, when we had Mahomes, we didn't have a different offense for Pat Mahomes as opposed to Alex Smith. He spent the year learning the offense behind Alex Smith and then in week 17, when he played, we didn't run a different offense. We ran the exact same offense, only he's better. He's got more potential. He can make more plays than Alex Smith. So my guess is that, yeah, it looked bad, but he wasn't supposed to be playing then. He was supposed to be sitting, watching, and learning, and only us in the media have been yelling out for him, for him then. You know, like, I mean, look, did they put him in a, in a great situation? No. But part of it was they spent the whole preseason teaching him to play under center. And then they get into the games and they're like, look, he's more comfortable in the gun, but he's been working under center. What do we actually do? They hadn't, they, they hadn't really, uh, they're, they're trying to get him to be able to function in a more traditional offense, but he's not, he's not there yet. He hasn't done it enough yet. You're asking something of me can't do. I agree with you. You could, you got to change on the fly. But but they needed a week to prep for that, and that that's what got exposed. It, it was, but you would think we drafted this guy. He's our quarterback of the future. We have a comprehensive plan offensively how we want to get him ready to play. They didn't look like they had that until after his first game. You, you would say, okay, he had Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky was drafted in, I believe, 2017 Nagy became the head coach a year later in 2018. You you could they're 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 similar now, and, and Trubisky doesn't run as much as no, Fields Trubisky, did. Trubisky is as good an athlete as Justin Fields is. Trubisky is a tremendous easily athlete. easily, yeah. but he wasn't a runner in college as much as Justin Fields was. He didn't seem to develop him, and then Trubisky goes to Buffalo, and in the preseason, you're like, whoa, where'd this come from? Uh, it's a preseason, but where did this come from? And, and so I don't know what it is that they're doing in Chicago, but it's not conducive for the young quarterbacks because Mitchell Trubisky, he took so much of the blame, so much of the blame that when you looked at when Justin Fields got in the game, the lack of a plan, at least for me, it was alarming. Oh, it doesn't matter if you didn't expect him to start. He's your quarterback of the future. We should be building a plan 
the day we draft him on how we want to develop him, they weren't doing that. Uh, coming up next, what I want to do is I want to get into uh, a little bit of the Cowboys, but a lot of the Giants. So the Dan Patrick Show is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. The compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Des Bryant, of course, played not just for the Cowboys, but for Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was relieved of his duties. He was fired after a really pathetic performance by the Giants on Monday Night Football. Wait to hear what Des says about his former coach. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. TJ Osman's out of Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, who is your favorite offensive coordinator you ever played for? Wow. I would probably say uh, I had my most success under him, so Bob Rakowski. Why? What, what, what was it about what he did, or did he just believe in you? What was it about uh, Bob that, that allowed you to be so successful? We we call we called him Brat, Coach Brat. Um, honestly, I, I <laughs> I'm laughing. I wouldn't say initially he believed in me. I, I might have been forced to believe in me. Um, but I learned a lot. And when when I say I learned a lot, for people that don't understand, it's like when we were in Cincinnati, we would have to sit in meetings, the receivers with the offensive line and quarterbacks and it used to be so boring Doug so boring they're going over protections and you look over guys are on their phone or they they falling asleep I would just take notes and I didn't realize I was learning the protections and I was learning football because I was just paying attention and we would put plays in and if it was one high you would run it this way. If it was too high, you would run it this way. And too high could be cover four, cover two, cover six. So it would be different variations. And so I thought, oh, it's like this everywhere. I leave. I go to another team. And I'm like, hey, so on this play, if we get a, a too high look, but it's not cover two, it's quarters, how do you want us to run it? I'm like, oh, just get open. I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If the quarterback is going to throw with anticipation, I can't just get open. He needs to know how I'm going to run it so he can throw it with anticipation. If he, if I'm just going to get open, he doesn't know what I'm going to do. And, and so we were very attention to detail. It probably didn't show uh, as much as they gave it to us in Cincinnati, but I learned a ton of football from Brad. Protections, how to run routes, um, what to do, what not to do in certain situations. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be bright. And I, I'll tell you what, when I was in Cincinnati, towards the end, I, I was a bit of a butthole just, just because you kind of get tired of the losing and you want to blame the coaches. I promise this is a true story. When I left Cincinnati and I went to Seattle, I called Brat and I told him, I said, I want to apologize because – you were so much 
better of a coach than I ever gave you credit for. Now that I'm not with you, I just want to let you know how much I learned from you and how great of a coach you are that I didn't realize when I was playing for you. I told him that. I told him that. Okay, so my, my, my next question would be, who's the worst offense coordinator you ever played for? I wouldn't say I had a worse offensive coordinator. Come on, I, man. Nah, I really be honest because, like, for instance, I played for uh, – I'll go in order. I played for Greg Knapp, may rest in peace, and then I played for Cam Cameron, and then technically it was Hugh and Al Saunders. Al Saunders' offense is very complicated. Um, you you – you can't be a dummy and play for Al Saunders. If you're a dummy, it's too tough. Uh, Cam Cameron, his run game, like we had concepts in a run game that I had never seen. This was like my 10th year in the league. Like certain concepts I had never seen when I got to Baltimore. Like give, me, give, me, give, me an exam- give me an example. Like, for instance, we'd be running the ball to the right the tight end would just sprint to the flats like it was a pass play. Every team I've been on, that tight end was blocking. But he felt like if you sprint to the flats, you're going to draw a defender thinking it's a pass play. And I was like, I had never seen that before. A lot of teams do that now. They weren't doing that back then when I was playing. And so just his concepts in a run game, the passing game, it wasn't uh, as nuanced as – Cincinnati, and even Seattle. Greg Knapp probably had the best playbook that I had ever. Like, he had so many great concepts, but he was a guy that liked to run a lot of screens. Um, and, and Hugh Jackson, he he was a coach that you want to play for because I pretty much got my chance to play because of Hugh. Right. He came in there and said, I'm going to play the best guys. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, we, we're sitting in a meeting. Hugh Jackson walks in there. It was like 12 receivers. He's like, uh, he named four of them. One, two, three, four, pointed them out. You four are on the team. The rest of you eight are battling for two spots. I was like, whoa. No coach had ever told us that before. Like, he was so, you play bad? Hey, if you keep playing like this, you're not going to play. Or if you keep playing like this, you're not making a team. He was so honest that I appreciated the transparency. Black or white, no gray area with you. And that's what I liked about him. He's personable. He makes you want to play for him. But I told him, Hugh, they're not giving me a chance to play here. And that's why I said uh, with Brad, he probably was forced to play me. He was like, I'm playing the best guys. Peter Ward breaks his leg against the New York Jets. I get a chance to play. And I was a starter for the rest of my career pretty much. As TJ Husbanzada joining us. I bring that out because Des Bryant had some of the, the best moments of his career playing for the, obviously not just the Cowboys, but for Jason Garrett as their head coach and Jason Garrett as a play caller. Des tweets out, after hearing the news about JG, that's Jason Garrett, Kadarius Tony, you will get to experience the love and joy for football throughout your career. When asked by one of his followers if he didn't like Garrett, he tweeted, great dude, never respected his philosophy towards players and the game. Translate that for me. That's personal. When you say never respected his philosophy towards players, that, that, that seems a little personal. Like his philosophy, did he not respect you did he make it seem like it wasn't the player it was the x's and o's and not the joes so to speak and when i saw that that that's how i took it i, I don't believe Daz cares for jason it, it might be some underlying how much, how much of it is just that he cut him right like like des bryant got cut when jason garrett was the coach 
And it's like anybody who's ever lost a job or lost, a, you know, a job within a job. End of the day, the guy who makes the decision is the guy you're going to be bitter towards, right? Really? And just, Re- just- really, Doug? You really believe Jason Garrett made the decision to cut him or Jerry Jones and those guys made the decision? We I, I, don't, I, I, I don't I don't know, I don't, but I, I can tell you that like the, the, Jason Garrett was viewed as like the other uh, the other son to Jerry Jones. Right. Like that's that's how he everybody like, man, you can't talk to Jason Garrett. He might, he might as well be a Jones boy. So like you blame everybody. I, I believe. There are some underlying. Disagreements that they may have had that we don't know about. But I don't believe Jason Garrett. I mean, yeah, he he was the head coach when Des Bryant was released. But when when you look at it, it was Des Bryant went on. He had from like I believe it was like 2012 to 2014. Those three years, Des Bryant was lights out. He was scoring and catching touchdowns, putting up big yards. And then after that, it was kind of hit or miss. He never, he had three years in a row. I believe he had a thousand yards. He didn't crack a thousand yards again in and out of the lineup because of injuries. He he just wasn't able to get back to that level. And it was four years of that. It wasn't like it was like, okay, you got 600 yards in 2015, a thousand and twenty. He never got close to a thousand yards again. And it was four years after those three years where he really lit it up. I believe Jerry Jones got rid of him. But when you play for a head coach that's an offensive coordinator, I think these coaches sometimes don't understand, like, if you're a good coach, you're going to teach us the game. Now that I know the game, don't get mad at me for knowing the game that you taught me. And so when I voice my opinion, whether – I should voice it or not. I'm voicing the philosophies that you taught me. And if I think what you're saying isn't correct, should I not voice that? Because these philosophies are coming from you and what you have taught me. And that's what happens. Coaches, they teach you the game. As soon as you question what you've been taught, they, oh, don't question me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, you know, it, it's just... That that's where I think it could be a disconnect. But Jason Garrett, was he not awful with New York? Oh my God. They were terrible. They were terrible. How can you be how can you be that bad? How can they be that bad? How can like how can you have dudes running into each other <laughs> in the middle of the season? And you know what's crazy? It's what you, they got dudes. Like they have dudes on that team that if you they're receiving core. Is really good player for player talent wise. They're really good. Saquon Barkley, you don't know what he is yet coming back from his injury. Daniel Jones has shown flashes. Doug, they're awful on offense, man. And <laughs> can Freddie Kitchens uh come back with the magic that he had when they fired Hugh in Cleveland when he had Baker? If he does that, it's really gonna make Jason Garrett look even worse. But the Giants were awful, and Daz Bryant just stated his opinion on Jason Garrett. If Freddie Kitchens turns us around, we got to look at Daz Bryant and say, ah, oh, he's on to something. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Hushmanzada, in for Dan the Danettes. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, yeah, he, he, uh, 
he went, Des went on and said, trash. I can't help people like to hear my thoughts about sports. I mean, dude did coach my entire career. Trust me. I'm not the only one who feels the same way about him. The difference between me and a lot of people is I don't sugarcoat ish guys sacrificed a lot and get misused. Right. So it didn't feel like he was used any, he did have an outstanding career, like a ring of honor, not hall of fame caliber career, but it is, it, it is fascinating. Uh, let's, let's bring in George Reister. Of course, he's a former NFL t- tight end. Oh, we, we don't have, okay. But he's a co-host of uh, Fox football Sunday with Dan Beyer. That's Sunday, five to eight Eastern time on Fox sports radio. Also host of the Reister or wrong podcast. George will join us. In a second. Hey, Doug, did you yeah. hear how, how me and George Reister met? No. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> it's a funny story. He, obviously, he goes to Oregon. I go to Oregon State. We're in college. We're at a Red Robin, dude. This is a true story. We're at Red Robin. And I had just had my oldest daughter. So here I am, a college student. I'm in there, I'm in Red Robin with my daughter in her car seat. My wife, or who was my girlfriend at the time. And the waitress brings me a note. And a note is like talking trash to me. Like, we going to beat y'all butt, but it's expletives. Uh, this We played Oregon that week. And I said, who sent this to you? I take a peek over there. It's like three guys from Oregon. So I told my girlfriend, I said, take, take the car seat. Go to the car. I'm about to run up on these dudes. <laughs> and so I go over there. Like I'm like, they going to probably whip me, but I'm for sure get one of them. I go over there. George Reister is one of them. Dude is so funny. He was like, oh, he was a freshman. Oh, man, I'm just having fun. Like, I was so angry that I couldn't be angry because he was laughing about it the whole time. Oh, I'm just having fun, man. I didn't mean no harm. I'm just a freshman having fun. I know we play y'all this week. That was my introduction to George Reister. That's pretty I'm awesome. Thinking I'm about to fight him and Red Robin. And here he is, a freshman, just having fun. Uh, George, that, is that accurate at Red Robin? Yes, that is a <laughs> – that's exactly the way that played out. <laughs> Red Robin kind of underrated, by the way. I just just point out, I'm not a sponsor of, of the show. I just – like, Red Robin, good burgers, like right? Like a good – that's a good – you know what you're going to get, good sit-down burger deal. Yeah, yeah. And you and at that point in time in Eugene, there weren't a ton of options either. So, So it was there – or Olive Garden, or, you know, that was a, or uh, Oregon Electric Station, if you wanted to get, a, you know, a nice meal. Georgia, um, Jason Garrett gets let go. TJ said basically the Giants' offense is a joke. Um, how much of it is Garrett? Oh God, I mean, on on some level, right? But but you you, you have to look at the whole the whole organization from, from a top down, their general manager, Dave Gettleman, he's been a disaster since he, I mean, they, they haven't put together a great roster. They haven't drafted. Well, uh, Saquon can't, can't stay healthy. Daniel, Daniel Jones has been yo-yoing. That's going to make it hard for anybody to win. I mean, and Jason Garrett, if you look, his offense in Dallas put up points. So, so it's hard to think that it's that it's exclusively him and not Joe Judge's program. So when when you look at it, the situation in New York, do you think Freddie Kitchens can recreate that magic that he did in Cleveland with Baker when he was promoted to the OC? I mean, 
No, because I don't think that. Okay, I'm not a huge Baker guy, right? I think Baker's a pretty that he what what he's put on film so far has been pretty average and some below average stuff. And when you have to, you know, scheme around a quarterback and say, look, as long as we can keep him around 25 pass attempts a game, that's going to be the best version of, of him. That lets you know that you do not have an elite quarterback or an elite system. And the New York Giants are going to have to do something similar to that with with Daniel Jones. But the difference is, is that the Giants don't have the same offensive line that the Cleveland Browns do. So they can't, you know, just hand the ball to Saquon Barkley 20 times a game, and then and then at the end of the game, he's going to have 115 yards. So I, this is this, this is a case of Jason Jason Garrett was the – every coach has the one – the the uh, one time that they can pull the get out of jail free card and, and fire the opposite coordinator or fire the defensive coordinator, and when you do that, you've essentially started the clock on your own firing, and that's where you know, and that's where Joe Judge is, even though he's only in his second second year. The NFL wants not necessarily microwave r- results, but this team doesn't seem to be getting any better. George Reister joining us here on the Dan Patrick show on Fox sports radio. What do you do if you're Seattle? Like, I think all of us would say like Russell's been amazing and he's carried that team. Right? He doesn't seem to want to be there. It feels like Pete Carroll's out of steam, out of gas, and then they haven't drafted well. So you got GM, you got coach, you got quarterback, but the quarterback is the, the hardest to replace. On the other hand, He's the most valuable if you want to move him to, to try and regenerate this thing. George, I put you as the owner of the Seattle Seahawks. What do you do to fix that thing? Oh, man. Oh, man. You, you, can't, you can't treat this like that you would treat, you, you know, a, a family where, where somebody's like, yeah, man, we're just, uh, staying, we're just staying for the kids at this point. And, you know, we got to get them through college and then we'll break up. No, absolutely not, man. This team, if I'm the owner, yeah, I've seen I've seen enough. I mean, Russ, if you don't want to be be here, all right, man, go. We we will get you to where you want to be. Just just as long as they compensate us fairly on the on the back end, but but you can go, have at it, enjoy yourself. And Pete Pete Carroll, he does seem like he's out of gas. He's he's an older man, and he's a He's a guy who needs a new challenge. When he left US, USC, yes, there were scandals and, and, and penalties coming, but he was out of gas. He was ready for a new challenge. And Pete Carroll's new challenge, actually, I mean, this may work out perfectly for USC because they would happily have him, have him back. And he may be like, all right, man, I'm good. I'm done. I'll go back to college and get a fresh, fresh start and try to recreate the magic again. So, I, if if I'm the owner, dude, I I gotta I gotta start I gotta start over. Head coach, let sell sell my most valuable asset, which is Russell Wilson. The way I can start over and then see what the hell I can get for Jamal Adams, because as good as he was with New York Jets, he's not been that same guy that they traded two first round picks for. Man, it's so much to 
just talk about what you just you trade Russell. There's not a head coach that wants that job. And, and so they, they get assets. Pete Curl and the Seattle Seahawks, they haven't shown that they can draft guys that can contribute. So getting assets for Russell does what? <laughs> it, it gives it gives a new coach hope. That's what it that's what it gives. It gives him a hope because if he if he can say, All right, look, these guys haven't drafted well, but now we got a bunch of draft picks, I'll do better. <laughs> because you know, all all coaches think that they have the magic sauce, the uh the magic knowledge that's gonna put them in the that's gonna allow them to win when the last guy couldn't. So if if he gets some control over the draft picks, oh God, there will be coaches that, that take that job because it's a great fan base. If you do well, they will support you and treat you almost similar to the way the Pittsburgh Steelers do, where they're not just going to go firing a head coach because of a bad season. They're going to be very patient and, you know, and give you an opportunity to win. And so, so the, the hope is the most important thing as opposed to, you know, what, what you have on that team. I mean, look at the New York Jets. Robert Robert Sala and other people were lining lining up to take that job, and that job is absolutely that team is roster wise an absolute dud. George, um, uh, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are back? Yes, I, I oh, proclaim God. them back to TJ. You better stop it. Hey, baby, hey, when we think of the Chiefs, what do we think of? How do they beat us? Scoring points. Okay, they got to score points, but go ahead. Yeah, hey, 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 they are <laughs> nineteen and nine. Here's them. They got their mojo back, baby. Oh, behave. That's the, that's what you say about the Kansas City Chiefs. All the rest of the teams in the AFC perform so poorly that they let them, after what a three and four start, get back in it and get back in first place. They got their swagger back because what what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs in the beginning of the season was is that. Patrick Mahomes in particular, like if you notice, like he was always living living in the margins, you know, like a, a half inch here, half inch there, just m- making a pass that, you know, where he's throwing it in a shoebox. And then he was missing the shoebox by like a foot. And then that was turning into interceptions. And now he had to put a governor on himself just a little bit. So, hey, hold up. Let me, let me not play this live live in the margins i actually have to change my game now and and evolve because that's the same thing that brady does brady with 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 randy moss was different than than him with Dion branch and the rest of the crew was different than he was with julian edelman and the rest of those guys like some sometimes he was a dink and dunk quarterback and won a super bowl and sometimes yeah, but brady he was, was playing with different guys mahomes is playing with the same guys year after year um, except for there, because if you look at uh, TJ, I think you'll you will agree with me. As good as uh, Tyreek Hill is, I don't think he's a true number one wide receiver. I think that he needs somebody else on the outside to be able to complement him. That way, then he can go do his thing, which is take the top off the defense. And if Kansas City can have another wide wide receiver and run the ball well, then then those linebackers have to have to honor, and they can't keep two high safeties up. They got to bring somebody down in the box 
to try to stop the run or to try to help, uh, you, you know, double cover the the true number one wide wide receiver, which was, you know, they had Sammy, Sammy Watkins, they had other guys, and that helped them out. And this year, they're not getting that from Nicole Hartman. So that's where the Kansas City Chiefs have had to adjust their game, and that's why they're winning now. Well, that's why everybody everybody got to get paid, and that's why something's got to go. I mean, Sammy was probably their fourth option, but I I I I understand I understand what you're saying, kind of in layman's terms for me. I just they don't run the they, they can't and don't run the football, and they they choose not that to go with that underneath. But Andy Reid has always been that way, has he? Not? I know, right? Yes, he's, al- he's always. And I'll I'll say this, Tyreek Hill, like. I don't think he, he does. I don't think I know he doesn't get the respect that his game warrants. Like people look at Tyreek Hill and say, oh, man, he's so fast. Tyreek Hill is fast. He's quick. Yep. He can get down the field. He can run routes and create separation. But all we see is the big play. Tyreek Hill is one of the best receivers in the league because he can do everything. He's not as tall. And so he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's so fast. But he's actually a complete receiver. We just don't put him in a DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams category, but he should be up there because his impact and the way he can affect the game is the same. Yeah, it, 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 I, I agree with that. But, TJ, would you agree that, that he's also as good as he is, as good of a route, route runner and all that stuff, that the fact that they don't have another guy who can just run and get open one on one on one puts more pressure on Tariq, which 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 means that they can keep a safety over the top much much more because or lean the safety and shape the safety to that to that side because they don't believe the other guy can get open. George, great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us, George Reister. Check out uh, the Reister or Wrong podcast or hear him on Fox. Football Sunday with Dan Byer each Sunday, 5 to 8 Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio. George, you're the best. Appreciate you joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Yep, happy Thanksgiving to you guys too, man. The Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their semifinalists for next year's induction class. I'm going to just do spitball at TJ. Just give him the name, and he'll tell me in or out. That's upcoming next. That's going to be fun. On the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb, TJ Hushmanzada in for Dan, the Dan Ed, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so the semifinalists for, uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, TJ, ha- have been announced, okay? So I'm just going to spitball um, the, the names of some uh, first-year eligible guys, and you tell me, because the way a Hall of Fame should work is, like either in or out, right? Like there's no real, you don't be you're not a hall, not a hall of famer, not a hall of famer, not a hall of famer. Okay, now you're a hall of famer, right? That doesn't really work, <laughs> right? Crazy. Okay, maybe numbers wise, they can't get you in the first year, but really, you should be a hall of famer. Okay, Devin Hester is he a is he a hall of famer? Special teamer, yes. Okay, he's my, the best my, special teamer to ever play. Is he? Here, here's I mean, here's, the return, re, well, here's the argument again. Here's the argument Yes, but the reason is because most guys who are great return guys, they're more valuable elsewhere, so you don't keep them at return guy their entire career. That's a great point, so I guess I'll say no then. <laughs> I talked you out of it that but, quick? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, because I always thought Devin Hester, like, God, he's so good with the balls in his hand, with the ball in his hands. 
But he wasn't a good wide receiver. Why, why they don't they, play on my receiver board? Exactly. But no, man, he the dude was fantastic as a kickoff and punt returner. I mean, he 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 was fantastic. No, it's great. It, he, it, it's he, he, it was great. And and I don't know. Here's one. I don't know if we'll ever have one ever no, again because of the way the rules are set up. You you can't form a wedge. You can't double team. Uh, the for some reason the kickers are just way stronger. They're kicking the ball out the end zone now. When I was playing, I mean, you were getting the ball right at the goal line, the three yard line. I mean, they're kicking it all the way through. But yeah, we won't see it again. And so yeah, you know what? If kickers can get in because they're specialists and punters can get in because they're specialists, Devin Hester was a specialist. He was the best return guy the the league has seen. Yeah, he should be in. Okay, so he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. By the way, Deion Sanders was better. He just didn't stay at return man his entire career. Okay, Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden. Now, Quan, a guy played play, has played low quarterback. He he became he became a great possession wide receiver. He was super physical. He was a winner, really well respected. Um, huge huge numbers, but a lot of stat accumulation more so than just like one incredible year. Anquan Bolden, Hall of Famer, no. When you ask me about receivers, I yep. can just go to one thing. Were they better than Chad? No. Okay. Uh, Andre Johnson. I wouldn't say he was better than Chad, but at least equal. Yes. DeMarcus Ware. Yes. Vince Wilfork. Hmm. That's tough. Not this year. So then No. It did yeah. not be this year. Then no, yeah, Steve no. Steve Smith, wide receiver, Steve Sm- Smitty. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know about. Uh, that, I think TV. I think TV would. Way. I think TV might help him. I think it'll, it won't go. help him this year, but I think it'll. I eventually mean, help Steve him. has great stats, but he played. I want to say 15, 16 years, and I mean he was also a good returner. But Steve, because Steve was small height wise, but he was so tough, so fast, made unbelievable big plays. route runner too, in and out of routes. He was incredible. I mean, it was his mentality, man. That dude has a mentality. Yeah, he was gonna fight anybody, teammate, non teammate, <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. I'm laughing, yeah, because I, I know Steve. I mean, he yeah. did have he did have Jake Delomas as quarterback. wasn't like he had Marino back there slinging it to him. He was just a playmaker. He, he's gonna get in. He'll he'll get in for sure. Just Robert Mathis. No. Wow, just a quick no. Just a quick no. That wasn't even a thought. Just a quick no. All right, so all the wide receivers except for uh, Anquan you, Bolden get in. You, you, and, you know what my philosophy is when it comes to the Hall of Fame? And if they that? did it this way, it would be easy. If you weren't a top five player for three to four years over the course of your career. Right, I, I have I have, I have, have a guy I'll throw out for you. I'll, we'll talk about that. Plus, LeBron had two fans ejected. Do we like that? <laughs> 